Hello, everyone. I wanted to welcome you to the newest episode of Walnut Grovecast. Since we're all stuck at home anyway, I wanted to remind you that there will be two episodes every week until we're no longer all stuck together um, virtually anyway. And I'll be adding more and more live type of situations and really cool type of things. Also, I'm working on a giveaway for Patreon supporters. So if you want to get in on that, head over to patreon.com slash walnutgrovecast. Other than that, just check us out on Facebook. You know, just give us a search and say hi every once in a while. Post your favorite episode, a silly picture. We appreciate it. And we look forward to a quick end of this. But at the same time, it does give me an opportunity to catch up with a lot of backlog. So enjoy the episode. My name is Mark. I'm on with Kim. How are you doing, Kim? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. And welcome to the show. Thank um, you. That was the upbeat version of the intro song. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was like the, you know, kind of quicker. They have the ones where it's a little bit depressing. So you get like the Brady Bunch. Um, you know, like, you know what kind of episode it's going to be by the tone of the music when they first start. So. This episode's not a happy one. This one is no. not an episode. <laughs> no, it's not. Somebody's kind of, um, I don't know. I think it was a weird choice. Maybe they were like, oh, man, we meant to play the other one. Playing with our emotions. Yes, maybe. Um, <laughs> so we see it's somebody's birthday right away. You know, maybe it is something that we want to kind of enjoy, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's a party. I don't know where we are. I don't know if you do. Well, I will say, I don't know where we are, but I will say that this is the episode we're talking about, A Promise to Keep. Yes. Um, season 8, episode 19, and we open on the Edwards family and the Edwards household, and he was somewhere doing some logging thing, <laughs> not too far away from the Ingalls, so wherever that is, that's where they are. <laughs> he, he had to be a little bit far from the Ingalls because he mm-hmm. had not seen them. Right. Yeah. And he traveled there when he got injured by like the big tree falling on him. Pa came and visited him, but it's definitely not an every day or every week type of occurrence. Kind of weird. So um, we have Carl and we have um, Alicia. Right. Yes. Future real housewife of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards, is actually the only original Edwards family member who is there. (laughs) Um, They've replaced the actor who played Carl. And of course, they replaced the actress who played Grace. Not. Yeah. Not the baby Grace. Not baby Grace. (laughs) Grace Edwards Grace. And of course, I'm sure you know who they replaced her with. Yeah. Um, 
Why am I forgetting her name all of a sudden? Karine Camacho. That that is not the name I was thinking of. Oh. I was wrong. Yeah. Well, she's listed as Kareen Michaels, but her name in hmm. she's the mom from the My Ellen episode, and her name is Corinne Camacho in that episode. So, oh, I like the name Camacho. That's a cool mm-hmm. name. Yeah, and she also plays a very racist nurse in Ma- in an episode of Mash. So. I love it. Four oh seven seven. All right, so here we go. This is the opening scene, so it's going to set the tone as to where we are with this episode. Happy birthday, Cake. Start the singing, Isaiah. You're always the one who... Where did your father go? Up to the barn. Should I blow him out? Yes. uh, Don't forget to make a wish. Don't get all sappy about it. Right, if I was put in this situation. As who? If I was the mom. Okay. You know what you're going to find, right? I mean, oh, all right, yeah. she she's married to, um, I don't want to give away the whole thing, but what she's going to go find is not going to be a surprise to her. I don't think. Right. Stay, and- you know, sing happy birthday, you know, it's uh, blow the candle and then go, all right, I'm going to go deal with this. Yeah, he might as well have one parent there when he, like, blows out the candles. <laughs> well, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Instead, of, he has um, the sister with the blue ribbon in her hair. <laughs> it's not your birthday, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she goes out there, and Isaiah is having some uh, hooch. Some, oh, yeah. Some um, spirits. <laughs> And it looks like he's been indulging for a while. It doesn't look like this was one little drink. It looks like he has three sheets to the wind. Yes. Uh, I'm going to play that. That's always funny. (laughs) You couldn't even wait for the cake. Now, what is that? You couldn't even wait for the cake. Like, well, I guess, I don't know. I like, I'm laughing because I'm always, I think it's such a serious topic. And I I will, I'll laugh when there's a serious topic. But, um. (sighs) She's, I've never been in this kind of situation, but I have friends and I, I have experienced it with, um, with close friends who, who just mm-hmm. would take upon too much drinking. And also I would hear the stories from other friends about their parents and stuff. So it's, it's one of these things that's very uncomfortable to me, but yeah. I think I should handle it. I should deal with it. Uh, oh, no, it's super uncomfortable. And, you know, I've been in certain situations before, uh, not unlike this, where it's just, oh, my God, what do you even do? And you just get so yeah. much anger built up and stuff. But when she says, like, you couldn't even wait for the cake, I think she's just like, be present, be there for your son, have some cake, have him make the good memories, open some presents, mm-hmm. and like then go an do hour. your thing. Yeah. yeah. Since you're going to drink anyway, you might as well at least be there for this child, but you're just, you're ruining his memories and his birthday by just getting wasted in the barn. I'm going to play some of this um, clip where, you know, he makes a lot of excuses. Um, I also found that his voice seems a little high in this particular clip. I don't, oh, if you listen to that, this one, your opinion on that. I'm inside trying to make Carl's birthday a happy occasion and you're sitting out here getting drunk. Not drunk, 
thinking. Birthdays and John Jr. It could just be the drunk voice. Letter he sent us. And I just had to have a drink. I had to read it over and couldn't help myself. You know, it hasn't been easy for me getting over this. Getting over this? It's been a year. How long are you going to use our son's death as an excuse for your getting drunk? I don't look for excuses to drink. Don't you accuse me of that. Quit any time I want. Well, then why don't you? Isaiah, I can't count the number of promises you have made me that you are going to stop. I'm sorry, Grace. I'll do better. I just, I need a little more time. Just a little more time. I am so tired of hearing that. She is. She's pissed. Oh, my God. Yeah, which is understandable, but oh, my gosh, the tension. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of tension. Yeah. The, so John Jr., we learned, um, was killed? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Rodimus Perra. Um, and he clearly is taking it extremely hard. Right. And I'm kind of like, okay, I understand you're going to take it hard, but why don't you focus on this son just for this one day for nothing else? The one that you still got here who still obviously needs his father's love. But but this is, you know, I've heard, you probably heard this story too, where people just do this. I mean, this is probably a very, very honest depiction of alcoholism and yeah. not, you know, kind of just saying possibly I'm going to have one drink and then I'm going to go in. And then next thing you know, they're, you know, wasted. Yeah. They could just keep drinking. Um, Also, you know, of course, depression. Wow, this is going to be a very serious episode. I know. (laughs) And this is also the second child that he's lost because he lost his first child with his first wife. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. Maybe it's stirring that kind of stuff up again. And, you know, I get depression. You're in the fog. You can't lift it. But as someone who's on the other side of that, just me watching it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. come on, pick yourself up. There's still two more kids that like want you around. Now, this next clip is, in my opinion, where the show should have started. You should forget all that, what you just heard. Yeah. And this is basically, in my opinion, would have let you know everything that's going on in just one minute. I agree with that. And if I can play devil's advocate for one second, I think that if it started here, we would have just been like, Ugh, Mr. Edwards, we're so over you. Instead, we get to like kind of feel sorry for him going into it, which endears us to him. Actually, that um, what I mean is the next clip. But I know what you mean. Like if we did start it with him being walked in on drinking, I think that would have been a powerful thing as well. Yeah. Um, but this one, next one, it's um, it gives you a weird tone. Oops, that's a weird tone. Cake's beautiful, Ma. Thank you. I know chocolate's your favorite. Oh, then Tucker's fine, old man. Washed his face in a... Boomed <coughs> his happy, happy birthday. Isaiah, please. <clears throat> please what? Gonna wish my son happy birthday. Come on. Come on, get up here. <laughs> oh, don't. Please. Wait, wait. Are you getting too big to be hugged by your paw? Uh, come on. Give us a hug like a man, not a boy. Paul, stop it. You're drunk. You're as bad as your ma. 
I've had a drink, but I am not drunk. Lisa, Lisa, you, you, you think I'm drunk? You think I've had one too many? Isaiah, why don't you go and lie down for a while? <sighs> We're going to celebrate. We're all going to celebrate here. All right, Luigi, come on. Come on, darling, come on up here. There we go. Oh, Dan Tucker, the final man. Watch this. in a frying pan. It's very uncomfortable. You know, he's, yeah. he's grabbing Alicia and he's resisting. And yeah, he's, he's trying like, to dance with her. He's like, we're having a fun time. And he's just manhandling these kids. And they are just like, like you said, they're resisting. They're pushing against them. Yeah, it's, it's a really sad state of affairs. Um, and I think that the next clip kind of gives you the tone as to where this entire, <laughs> I think we could see where the relationship is kind of going, but mm-hmm. this kind of, um, the final, well, the first few nails anyway in the coffin. Isaiah, I want you to pack your things and leave. What? I've had enough. And so have the children. Just pack your things and get out of here. This is my house. Stay me. This is my house. Now I'm not leaving. What are you going to do, hit me? That's the only thing left you haven't done to me and the children. It's a pretty important line there, too, because yeah. we associate, um, you know, this type of behavior so much with um, spousal abuse and you know, just kind of losing control. So, it, you know, it, there's that one thing you're like, well, he's a jerk, you know, and he's ruining his, you know, everything. But at least he didn't strike his wife. You know, I guess yeah. that's the one tiny thing we could say about him that's positive, right? Yeah, and he hasn't crossed that line just yet. But I will say, if there's any impressionable young people or old people listening, that is 100% abuse. He grabs her oh, by the absolutely. face. There's no yeah, doubt he- about it. He shoves her against the wall, grabs her by the face. It's so intimidating. He's obviously so much bigger than her. It is just like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Edwards, what happened? Right. And it's it's really just um, a sad situation. Yeah. Um, now, I mentioned before why this episode even exists and why it's such, you know, it's a Michael Landon written episode. So we know there's a lot of um, sappy moments and sad mm-hmm. moments. So. <laughs> This basically marks the real return to of Victor French to the entire franchise because he had left right. for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though he had come back for some specials, this basically marks him coming back kind of for good. Right. So it, it's kind of like his reintroduction. So that's that story that I heard about. Um, so he, he does leave. He does, um, in what is my opinion, the right thing. Yeah, he leaves. He lets her and the kids have the house and stuff. But yeah. nice um, house too. Yeah, and I will Walls say and it, everything. Oh, fancy <laughs> curtains! What? <laughs> I can make it's a dress just... out of that. <laughs> um. it's, it's interesting that as soon as the Edwards leave the first time, then we start to get the Garveys. You know, we get Pa has a new best friend. Uh, <laughs> Laura has a new little best friend and Ma has a friend. And then as soon as the Garveys leave and they're off and he's like playing sheriff, then the Edwards come back into the picture. That's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> so here we're in Walnut Grove and Almanzo and Charles are packing up the wagon. Yes. 
I think they might even have the business at this point, the, the where they would um, kind of run stuff back and forth. Is this oh, like yeah. That time? Yeah, they were in business together at this point, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And he's sending them on like a month-long delivery, but they mm-hmm. definitely weren't in the mill. I was wondering where they were. I get confused when I watch them all out of date. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally, I always forget. I'm like, all right, who's dead? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, which, all right, you're upset about a kid, but which one? exactly you have to start looking at timelines i should have a timeline maybe i'll work on that all right all right here we go fine with me whoops i missed the beginning sorry what do you say we take a break huh that's fine with me boy am i bushed can't blame you well we gotta get one more wagon load for the day and we're done what do you say there, Charles? I say, uh, what on earth? Oh, it's good to see well, you. Well, you're quite a sight yourself. <laughs> uh, Almanzo, this is my son-in-law, Almanzo, Isaiah Edwards. Oh, yeah. Pleasure, Mr. Edwards. I've heard a lot about you. Well, that's him, huh? Almanzo Wilder. You're the one that won half pint's heart. Yes, sir. Kind of ugly, ain't he? Hey, be careful. That's the father of my granddaughter, Rose. Oh, that's right. Half pint's got herself a baby girl, doesn't she? Oh, she's a beauty. Where are Grace and the kids? Oh, they're, uh, they're still back home. Hey. We were doing some hard things about moving back here to Walnut Grove. I thought I'd come check things out, you know, find a job, place to live and all that, you know, look things over. Oh, that's wonderful. Carol will be so happy to hear that. Yeah, that'll go double for Laura. She and the baby are over at the restaurant. Can I take you down there? Tell you what, why don't you let me surprise her? All right. In fact, yes, I'm going to get over there now. Yeah, I'll see you out. And he does surprise her, of course. Um, yes. Now, what's weird is if we go through a real timeline we, and we go really early, Caroline used to hate him. Oh, yeah. Isaiah so much. But now, I don't know. I think we're at a period of time where Caroline doesn't hate anyone. Except maybe Harriet on occasion. (laughs) Well, as soon as he gave her those sweet potatoes, she was was pretty sold on him. But, you know, she sees how much he loves the kids. And I think that really uh, warms her heart to him, I'm sure. So he he makes his... um... His appearance as Caroline is serving Hester Sue. Very nice. Yeah. Um, here we go. None for me, thanks. Old Aunt Tucker's fine old man. Walked his face in a frying pan. Combed his hair with a wagon wheel. Died of a toothache in his heel. <laughs> get out the way for old Aunt Tucker. It's too late to he get supper. Dinner. Supper's over and dinner's cooking. Old Aunt Tucker just stand there looking. Is he drunk now? <laughs> <laughs> you have a few? So, uh... <laughs> What's weird is I have to take a screenshot of this. It's kind of funny. Laura's blouse matches the wallpaper, like, perfectly. It's almost, oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Like, don't stand by the wallpaper. It's like you're camouflaged. Very strange. Isaiah. Isaiah Edwards, this is Hester Sutter Yin. She works here with me. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. Oh, man, pleasure's all mine. <laughs> Lord, I don't think you remember those words. I'll never forget that song. Well, Isaiah, what brings you here? Where are Grace and the children? Oh, well, uh, Charles will tell you all about that. Right now, I want to see this new sprig of Loris. Oh, I don't believe it. First that fine-looking oh. husband of yours, now this pretty little baby girl. Hard to believe. <laughs> what happened to my little girl? She grew up. Oh, how sweet. So, 
Um, and I, I really think that this is also a very important episode for the Laura and Almanzo fans because we get to see them embrace something that other people have turned their back on. Yeah, they're making a big important decision for their child too to you know decide who's going to be the godfather. Yeah, and who's going to babysit. Right, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, all right, maybe we should think this over. So Agreed. Um, so, yeah, they, they do ask him to be the godfather. Um, and what is, as a godfather, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if you know yeah, about that. I do. So if the parents were to pass away, traditionally, they would take care of the baby? Now, I don't know about, like, 1800s rules. Yeah. I am actually the godmother for a few kids, um, ironically. But what, you're basically, it's somebody who's, like, baptized and confirmed, at least with the I don't think it's ironic. Oh, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's a coincidence. But well, I just mean should... given my beliefs currently. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you're a beekeeper now, so you should have a baby around. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I saw yeah. your photos of, like, um, being a beekeeper, and I showed my um, son. He's like, whoa. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so exciting. I'm like, you're not supposed to bother him for a week, and that's been really bothering because that's I just want to check on him all the time, but they seem to be doing pretty good. And a side note, my son learned all about this stuff. He started reading books, and I realized oh, cool. that they – um. For Boy Scouts, he wanted to get the merit badge, but they retired it in 1995. Oh. <laughs> so they don't have a merit badge anymore. So. Bummer. Yeah. Well, so, so cool. Just not on my property. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do it yeah. over there. All right, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, well, I was just going to say, at least for Catholics, okay, it's somebody who's been baptized, it's somebody who's been confirmed um, in the religion, and you're there when the baby is baptized, and basically you're just like another parent when the baby grows up and wants to like have questions about their faith or whatever. You're the person who's like entrusted to guide them along a certain set of principles. Um, I don't necessarily think it means like if the parents die you get the baby um i, I got some was, plants yeah. to make if it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> you should gotta add a room no uh, yeah. It, <laughs> but yeah i mean um maybe not literally but maybe you know keep an eye on them or something yeah exactly and maybe in the 1800s that is how it was but it, it, i did not sign on to that in 2008 i'll tell you that you might have uh-oh <laughs> you might <laughs> want to look at the paperwork yeah. <laughs> so um, they're at the mill, and Isaiah had some type of illness, I'm going to guess. I'm not really sure exactly. Um, he's coming back from the outhouse. Well, do you not know what it is, really? Well, he's sick, you know. Isn't he kind of going through, like, withdrawal symptoms? Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. Um, you would think he would have brought a stash with him. It's not like he was planning on not drinking, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Walnut Grove is as dry as they come. Oh, they are, yes. Yeah. And we learned that there is a way around that um, right. if you really want to work on He also has a terrible cough. So I, I thought we were going to start learning that um, that he was going to have some type of illness. Yeah. And then we'd get you know, somehow cured. But, um, no, they don't really address the cough too much. No, I think it's fake. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. He only did it, it around sense. Mel's, yeah. But was it he was coughing earlier, which I thought was kind of weird. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to play the clip. 
Weekend. So I went to CVS earlier to get something. I don't even know what it is. 
and uh, you know, like just regular over the, t- uh, you know, like Dayquil or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like they did. Well, they didn't check my ID because it's I'm clearly older than 18 or whatever. <laughs> but it was like it came up on the thing. It's like this is an age restricted item. Oh yeah, seriously, like they're capsules. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I know people will cook that down or whatever, but it's oh, it's crazy. Although I will say that I feel like I feel like Nell should have noticed some red flag. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no ID. Yeah, this is like two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like 50 bucks. You know, it's yeah, like, it's a good day. So Edwards is, you know, throwing the cash around too, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Now, if you look on the counter, I, the, I've seen these in the past, and maybe you know about them. It's set, and they're in a can, and they say blankets. Have you ever seen these? No. Yeah, they, they always have them there. Um, if you were to, you don't happen to have the episode open in front of you, do you? No, I don't, but I can. Oh, no, it's not important. It's just, it says blankets. And I'm just thinking, were these blankets in a can? Ooh. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No, I haven't. It sounds like military almost. Or right, something. and that's exactly what it, it kind of looks like. But um, I I always mean to look it up, but I, I never oh. do. Oh. If somebody's listening to the show and they know what a blanket in a can is. Or maybe the blanket means something else. Maybe it was a sheet. A sheet in a can. So yeah, he so he buys four bottles of this um fifty proof I mean um twenty five proof elixir, Dr. Flags, and um he goes home. So we go back to the little house where we have um Albert counting cash. Yes. He's, he's in is the catalog open? Yeah. This is the Albert I like. This is the the one where, well, two things happen in this episode for him that I think are really great. One, this scene, and then later on, the medication that he gets, which, is, mm-hmm. which starts his career in um, his love of addiction. So, Foreshadowing. Yes. Albert, you've counted that money five times. I know. Just want to be sure. Just, I really wanted that microscope for my science project. Still almost $2 short, though. Why don't you ask around town? Maybe you could earn some extra chore money. Well, the thing is, I'm running out of time. He's heavily hinting, too. He's like, you know, maybe you guys could scrape together two bucks. Feels a little light. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I do work here for free. (laughs) I don't, I'm not related to you, really. (laughs) Well, he says the last six weeks for delivery. The project is due at the end of the term. That only leaves me two weeks to earn the money I need. Just have to do it on something else. I'm going to tell you what. Edwards has got a freight running a sleepy eye on Saturday. He could use some help. I think he just might earn enough money to get that microscope. Do you mean it? Sure I do. It's going to be a long, rough trip. Oh, that's all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. In the meantime, I'll advance you the money for the microscope. Oh, you don't need to do that. I can't wait until I get back on Saturday. No, no. This way you can send your mailer off right away. You put an end to your counting. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. It's more money than they normally see. I mean, they're kind of rolling in some dough, I think. Charles mm-hmm. putting them to work? Come on. 
Yeah, that's true. They're rolling in some kids, though, at this point. I mean, they have James and Cassandra, so I'm sure that that puts a burden on their pockets. Do we see James and Cassandra in this episode? We do. Yeah, when Laura asks Mr. Edwards to be the godfather, oh, that's they're, right. like, yes. sharing stories. And Jason Bateman has one line, and um, Melissa Francis doesn't have any. And then we see them again at the final scene. Yeah, I, I recall there was um, at the very end scene, if you look closely, you see Carrie looks right into the camera and catches I herself. noticed. Oh, you did? I, <laughs> she's oh, like, yeah. oh, crap. Yeah, she's like, look at the uh-oh. And like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's the last time, I'm pretty sure it's the last time that we see James, Cassandra, and Carrie. Um, so, you know, maybe really? that looking at the camera got her cut. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm just You're kidding. out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be so sad. Oh, my God. Traumatizing. So um, they go to Sleepy Eye, right? They they did say Sleepy Eye. Yeah. And uh, they get there, you know, no big deal. And Edwards looks a little thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> a little sweaty, a little shaky. Yeah, a little bit like, eh, well, you would be, too, if you drank four bottles of coffee. <laughs> God knows what else is in that thing, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, probably, yeah. like, cocaine and everything else. Yeah, he, he probably is better off sticking to the uh, booze in comparison. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Yes, sir. I got a couple of errands I want to run myself. Be about an hour. Good enough. <laughs> So he, he goes into the pub. Um, yeah. I'm going to play the scene where he um, <laughs> he's ordering, which I think is kind of funny. Whiskey. I'll be right with you. Anyway, I told him I'm not working twice. Hey, I ordered whiskey. I said I'd be right with you. Now. You know, it's a par- you know it's a party when somebody's leaving the bottle. Eek. Yeah, and he's been so rude. First of all, he's definitely going to have some bartender spit in that whiskey. But, like, <laughs> I'd be like, why don't you leave me some cash before I leave you the bottle? I've never seen you before. Well, I, I don't really know how that all works. Like, you know, um, you always see this in movies and everything. <laughs> it's like, leave the bottle. It's like, wait a minute. You could drink eight, you know, eight shots of it. I don't know you did eight, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, also, alcohol, I, I'm pretty sure, is very, very cheap back then. It wasn't until the Prohibition, I think, is when the price of alcohol started going up. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Also, before the Prohibition, people used to drink a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of that? People would drink so much more, like 10 times the amount. That's crazy. Um, it is crazy because people, you know... They would drink like a gallon of whiskey or something. And it's like, oh are you insane? Like, it's it's just so much. Um, personally, I, I stick to a glass of wine here and there. I don't even drink my own beer. Oh, I just wow. find that it's a little too strong and it's a little too heavy. Hmm. Um, but wine, wine is okay once in a while. I, I just, I have to kind of be um, ready to call it a night if I'm having yeah. wine. Like, I can't and be productive after a glass of wine. I'm a, t- a complete teetotaler. Like, just call me Pa Ingles. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do not drink. It's never really been my thing. Of course, you know, I've had my phases. Right. But, uh, You've had your lost you know, weekends. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just not, it's just not how I prefer to feel, um, which is good. I mean, Hey, I have an, I have kind of an addictive personality, so that's something I can mm-hmm. head off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, why, why take this uh, like path? If, um, why take Edward's path? Is basically yeah, exactly. <laughs> When you can do, you don't want to take a few shots and then do beekeeping. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. They're not going to sting me. No, uh, <laughs> so, um, all of a sudden Albert's looking around. He's like, all right, where's Mr. Edwards? And he's getting a little bit confused. All he wants is a microscope for crap's sake. Right. Mr. Edwards is like arm wrestling some, some ne'er-do-wells in the bar. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to, uh, I'm going to play a thing. It's just... It's just terrible. Excuse me. Do you not have any Mr. Edwards? Yeah, so I'm going down the street towards the saloon. Thanks. Lose now, partner. Tell what I'm going to do. First, I'm going to take you, and then I'm going to take all your friends. So he loses, right? Oh yeah, spectacularly. Um, yeah, he, he's a bad drunk. He he's he's like Ugh. seems like a funny drunk at first. Well, actually, no, he's a terrible like mean guy without the drink. But then he yeah. probably gets kind of funny, and then he gets rowdy. Yeah, and I assume that we've always seen Mr. Edwards like at least buzzed, like with a little a few mm-hmm. drinks in him, even in like the first few episodes. I'm sure he. He wasn't like completely on the straight and narrow, but he has definitely taken a dark turn. Yeah, it's kind of it's very surprising that the Engels seem to put so much trust into him, even later on in the episode um, mm-hmm. with their children. So that's crazy. Here, here we go. Well, I, I just want to mention he he gets thrown out of the like dirtiest, most rowdy bar in town. Yeah, and he breaks <laughs> it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I want no problem in my bar. Now you've had enough, friend. You come back another day. Now what is that that the guy's holding? Like a didgeridoo? <laughs> to me, it looked like a, a leg broken off a table or something. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's just like, what the? That's before yeah. baseball bats. Exactly. Something you don't want to be on the wrong end of, that's for sure. Not with that guy. He's got a crooked necktie and a vest. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield light. Yeah, he's an angry looking dude. <laughs> and this one guy's just kind of antagonizing Edwards and just laughing at him. I, I thought there was going to be something else in the future with him, but no. Yeah. We sadly never get to see his, um, <laughs> we never get to learn his story. But I, I bet it's a good one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So this is something that's kind of a cautionary tale right here. If if somebody gets into a car with somebody who's been drinking mm-hmm. and they start talking the way Edwards talks, just get out. You know, um, I know in the past I've been in cars with people who um, I didn't realize at the time until they were already driving that they were inebriated. And I actually... Oh you know, managed to convince them to kind of pull over and let me out. And I just figured a way home. And I got home. They were fine. I mean, 99% of the time, they'd probably be fine. But I was just not really, it's just not worth it to kind of end up dead. 
it's one of those like scary in your gut feelings. I've been in the same situation where you're once you get on the road, you're like, oh, I should not be in this car. You're like you have a final destination moment. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, if there's any impressionable people watching, if you're worried about like losing your friends or whatever, get out of the car. They're not your friends. <laughs> like, these days you could just call an Uber. You know, it's yeah. like, there's really no excuse anymore. Yeah, totally. When I was a kid back in uh, the same. 20th century. <laughs> um, we had flip phones. Oh, so, <laughs> the internet, that was dial up. All right. So here we go. We, um, so this is the cautionary tale. This is where you run for the hills and it all just ends really badly. Well, that's the first thing. If your driver gets into the car laughing like that, <laughs> just get out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, falling backwards over yeah. himself. Yeah. And you just have this look on Albert's face. Oh, my God. Ugh. Terrible. Uh, Mr. Edwards, would you like me to drive? So you can take it easy and rest. What? You think I can't drive him? I'll give you a lesson in driving. Albert's thrown from the wagon. Yeah. Um, and at first you think, oh, okay, he just kind of fell. He'll be alright. Got the knock wind out. You got the um, wind knocked out of him or something. Yeah. But then another wagon is coming, and um, th- I'm going to play Albert's scream, which okay. is, it's um, it's not funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it it kind of is because of how fake it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is. It is so scary, though. I, I mean, to get run over by a wagon is, is menace. That's, that's yeah. a bit much. And even the first one, like, yeah, OK, maybe he got the wind knocked out of him. He might have gotten like a fractured rib or something because Mr. Edwards is going like, oh, you want to see how good I can drive this? And he's like going fast. He tries to do like a Tokyo drift around the corner and he hits the <laughs> sidewalk and right. he is just out of there. And the the music is like fun, like we're having a good time, but it's such a serious <laughs> scene. I mean, you're almost waiting for Edwards to go. I hit nice patch. but the tokyo drift thing is totally funny that would be a real challenge (laughs) so we're in um edwards throws him to the back of the wagon probably literally and comes all the way back to water grove instead of finding a a better doctor who hasn't killed somebody every other day and not only that, but according to Google, which would never lie to me, um, Sleepy Eye to Walnut Grove is a 38.8 mile trip. Right. And according also to Google, that the average horse trailer situation would go 15 to 20 miles a day. So that means that they had to overnight camping trip with Albert's broken leg. Because, sorry, spoiler alert, he has a broken leg, which he's lucky to only have a broken leg with that wagon running over him. 
and he's been in the back of that rickety wagon and stuff with a broken link. Oh, so painful. He probably started out as a sprained ankle or something. And yeah. On the way back, he probably got his leg broken. Probably. You don't know what other accidents he had on the way. Oh my gosh, I didn't <laughs> even think about that. No kidding. It could be a whole. That could be an episode within itself. <laughs> he's. But we do see that he's driving like a madman. He's driving yeah. like as fast as he possibly could. Um, so here we are in Doc's office. I don't like the looks of it, Charles. How bad is it, Doc? It's a compound fracture, but the injury was aggravated because he wasn't taken to a doctor right away. What does that mean? He could lose his leg. Charles! Charles, you supposed to just told me what happened. An accident, I don't know yet. I've given him some morphine to ease the pain. Did he just say you gave him morphine? Oh, yeah. He's got the taste now. What's he giving him morphine? And how much does he have? <laughs> I wonder how he um, administrated it. You know, like <laughs> in the drink? I don't know. I don't know. But when we when we do get to actually hear Albert talk, he is out of it. Yeah. But um, here we go. Albert. Albert, we're here, son. Uh-huh. Can you tell us what happened? So I've been drinking. Albert, have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe Edward's got him, like, you know, drunk on the way or something. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past him. Just keep drinking this, boy. Surprised <laughs> Edward didn't kidnap him or something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That honestly could have been a very, very dark episode. Yeah. Anyone that we drive. Just going too fast. He's really lucky that Edwards didn't, you know, come up behind him and go, snitches, get stitches, and beat him up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we went up onto the sidewalk. I was so... That's what I remember. I say you take him to a doctor and sleep here. Because he was drunk. Because he was drunk and he panicked. That just doesn't make enough sense to me. I mean, I don't care if you're drunk. You know to go to a doctor. If they, you know. Yeah, maybe he was in denial or something. I I have no idea. I think it's really shady that he doesn't even stay at the doctor's with him. <laughs> I feel like he just slow rolled up and just kind of like tossed Albert out of the moving carriage, like in front of Doc Baker's house. It's crazy. <laughs> but I know he's just getting like his base drunk on for the lecture he knows is coming from Charles. Well, here's the conspiracy theory is that after this happened... <laughs> is that Edwards had to have stopped somewhere and bought alcohol because he has a bottle of alcohol, right? Yeah, interesting. (laughs) So he, you know, because he went right to the pub. So there was really no opportunity for him to buy a bottle of alcohol. So so think about this. 
He had to sober up at some point, a little bit, enough. Just throw him in the back of the wagon. Oh, my God. Go into the store. You know what? I'm in a rush. Just give me a case, you know, and a real shame. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about that, but that actually makes my skin crawl. That kind of makes me hate Mr. Edwards a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we all hate Edwards in this episode. Um, Yeah. Even at the end, it's still not good enough. It. Well, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'm not going to hold it back anymore. Um, he probably says the most douchiest thing right now to Charles, I think. It's probably oh, yeah. the worst possible thing. And Charles really l- doesn't give it to him the way he should have given it to him. And here's the thing, too. Okay, he is so upset and he's blaming his drinking on his son dying. But he doesn't see that he almost did the exact same thing to Charles. He almost killed his son. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm sure he's realizing it. Yeah. Um, in between his, like, you know, sober moments. It's just, yeah. I guess, the alcohol just kind of uh, masks it. Here we go. Charles, uh, I'm just going to have a drink, Charles. Um, well, with everything that's happening, you could probably use one as much as me. <laughs> that is, I don't know. what What's worse than that? Yeah, that is so rude. <laughs> Oh, my God. Just slimy. Just like you said, douchebag. Just, ugh. Yeah. You could just punch him. So he, he gives him a little bit of a light lecture about, like, you know, how dare you. And Yeah, and he throws the bottle against the door. And... Doesn't even break it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really thick glass. And, really uh, soft doors. Well, you know, I'll play it. I'll play him throwing the bottle because it's a really loud thing. You, <laughs> It's just kind of funny-ish. Soft doors. That's funny. <laughs> It's it's kind of like whenever there's like a bad horror movie or whatever, and they're trying to break the you know wood or the glass or something, and it's won't break. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, there's a there's a scene from a movie, a documentary called American Movie, I believe, with uh, by uh, Mark Bouchard, and he's shooting this really low budget horror movie, and he's supposed to put this guy's head through like a kitchen, um, door or something, yeah. and he cut the side so it would go right through. To, just won't go through. He <laughs> keeps bashing the guy's head in over oh and over God. again. And the guy's like, ah, it's all right. It's all right. I just have a little bit of a headache, but jeez. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, actually a great documentary. All right. So <laughs> we covered it on VHS rewind. Oh but yeah. He says, have a drink, Charles. And Charles is like, I'm going to throw this bottle. That's pre- you know pretty much empty anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, see that um charles wants him out of his life he's like don't come near my family again you're kind of you know you're dead to me yeah ouch so laura decides that you know i can make my own decisions pa yeah i was hoping i'd be able to catch up with you how's albert doing doc baker says he's gonna be fine Oh, I'll send you out here. I came out here because I thought I might be able to help you. But I'm not worth helping. Mr. Edwards, I can't just let you leave like this. You mean too much to me. You are a very special man in my life. You were always there when I needed a friend. And that's why I'm here now. 
So Laura basically offers to take him in. Yeah, uh, she's going to give him the old Charles rehab treatment and just, like, work the devil right out of him. Yeah, but, you know, I, I wish Almanzo was a little bit a part of this conversation. Yeah, it mm-hmm. definitely affects his life just yeah. as much as it would affect Loris to have some, like, guy living there and working with him and all that. Dean Butler, really, I, I don't like his lines in this particular episode. I don't like his uh, his role, I think. Uh-huh. I, I feel as though he's really on the sidelines a lot. Yeah, he's definitely a background player, but I, I will say I think it, probably the best haircut that he had the whole show was <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Yeah, this is classic Almanzo. <laughs> I still can, it's still hard for me to see Almanzo. It's clunky. It is. It sure is. All right. So um, here's um, the scene where there's a bit of um, a voiceover. The weeks passed and Mr. Edwards worked as hard as he could. He hadn't had a drink as far as we knew. Pa was angry that I'd taken him in and wouldn't even come by the house to visit. It wasn't easy for any of us. But I knew it would be worth all of it if Mr. Edwards would be well again. So, yeah, it really is. It's like the Charles Ingalls Rehab Center. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to work you to death. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be too tired to drink. Yeah, and um, it seems as though it's actually kind of working uh, for a while. Yeah. We, um, we even hear him talk about this a little bit. Um, let's see what we got here. Here we go. Oh, oh, I'll tell you, I'm double tired tonight. It's kind of good, though. Papa always says honest sweat strengthens the soul. <laughs> Can't tell you the last time my muscles are quivered from hard work. Oh, I, I wish I stopped it before uh, he started talking, but you wouldn't even know that um, Almanza was in the room. Yeah, it just, or this episode, just period. He's such a, a throwaway character this episode, unfortunately. It is a good haircut, though. Um, yeah. I would have probably cut it more around the ears <laughs> instead of over, but it, it suits him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna play it up to the Amanzo. Uh... Can't tell you the last time my muscles are quivered from hard work. Yeah, you look good, though. It's a good sign. Well, I can't begin to count the number of times that I drink just for the sake of drinking. It's almost like you didn't even hear him. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like the comment was just like, you're a ghost and nobody can actually hear you. And you just think people can hear you. This episode is rife with conspiracy theories. I it love is. it. It is. It's um, <laughs> what it's all about. So, yeah, the, basically, so he's working really hard. Um, Laura has to go into town and wanted to know if. Edwards would babysit. Not enough time has passed in his sobriety to trust him with your child. Uh, I would say at maximum, the whole time he's even been in Walnut Grove is maybe like two months. Do you think maybe a month has gone by? Yeah, maybe more like two, three weeks with, you know, being around. And I get it. He's the godfather or he's going to be the godfather. But oh my gosh, this it's the first time that you're basically leaving him up to his own devices and you're going to entrust your baby to him. If they wanted to get rid of him permanently, I guess what would have happened here would be, he would have abandoned the baby to go get alcohol. Yeah. But I'm going to play what actually did. happen. Sounds like two different babies. Oh, that's One doesn't even sound like a baby. 
Interesting. Yeah, listen to and that. I'm going to go back just a little bit. Okay. Um. Hey, just a minute now. There ain't no call for all that fuss. Anybody, Ellie? Are two babies? Because the sound is overlapping. Yeah, yeah they're simultaneous. <laughs> the hell is going on around here? <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think you're gonna like this, Rosie. Here you go, here you go. That's an old school bottle, too. Like, um, these are crazy, these little bottles. I know, I think it's really cool, and it's definitely to the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, like, looking for holes to poke in Little House, because I just love, you heard the ones you love the most. But uh, it actually, that bottle is actually called the Killer Tube, because it killed a bunch of babies from feeding from it, because it was basically impossible to clean. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, with such a narrow neck. So in two, in um, 1910, those bottles were actually completely banned. Um, oh. And then Pyrex came to the rescue in 1924, um, which, which has the ones with like the rubber nipples on them and the screw on, and they are bigger so you could get a sponge in there. But I don't know what people did between 1910 and 1924. Now, was it the um, bottle itself that was contaminated or the nipple because I would I, imagine the bottle could be sterilized. Now this says, now I am reading according to, I can't even pronounce the name of this website, but if you Google these old school baby bottles, it says that there was in 1860, a, it was a long tube that basically went into the glass flask. And I guess the rubber tube is what killed people. So I guess it was like the nipple that was, like mm. the issue instead of wow, that, the glass. I mean, that's really fascinating. I think I can um, send you the link to it. Yeah, yeah I would. Lo- I would love that. Um, I think I'm also kind of curious why the baby isn't breastfeeding, but you know, it's, it's a TV show. So. Well, you know, Mr. <laughs> Edwards is there, so no. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I guess. It, well, I'm, I was about to say maybe this is like breast milk, but uh, that's a lot of breast milk, and they didn't have pumps back. Yeah, and we've seen baby Grace actually drink from these bottles before, yes. too. She usually has one in front of her. Mm-hmm. Up until, like, she's, like, 15. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, here we go. That there in your face. Come on, now. Get out the way for old Dan Tucker. It's too late to get his supper. Supper's over and dinner's cooking. Old Dan Tucker just to stand there looking. <laughs> Ain't that the way of it? Folks always showing up when you eat. All right now, don't go away. Isaiah, it's the first United States Postal Service delivery. Sorry, say that again. No, sorry. This is the very first United States Postal Service delivery. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can you sign here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, don't you have a job? Shouldn't you be sitting at that desk? Right. It's like, who's sitting there? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so this is um, Mrs. F- Miss Foster, I think. Yes, Miss Foster yeah. comes in. She has a letter for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura went into town. I know. I passed her on the road. She said you were in. I have a letter for you. For me? Yes, indeed. Well, uh, thanks for bringing it by. Have a nice day. Thank you. No tip? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Isaiah, 
I hope this letter reaches you. I didn't know where to write. But- Remember Isaiah couldn't read at some point? Yeah, I was wondering that too. But in that episode, you know, that's so sweet where John Jr. like writes him that sweet letter. At the end of it, he's teaching himself how to read with like a McGuffey reader. Yeah, so I um, guess this is supposed to be the um, the evolution of Edwards where he yeah. can he can read and write. Yeah, we don't get to see a whole lot of it, but he's reading like a champ now. <laughs> But I felt you might go back, back to Walnut Grove. I have met someone that I care for a great deal. What? Yeah. His name is Nathan Sims. Sounds like a jerk. He's a good man <laughs> and very loving to the children. I have filed the necessary papers for the dissolution of our marriage. I will send you a copy of the papers as soon as I receive them. Grace. I'm sending a duplicate copy of this letter to like 35 other cities. <laughs> I know. Anybody with a bar, basically. Right. It's, oh man, I'm making fun of him again. But, oh, um, well, worst day of his life, right? Yeah. And she moved on very quickly. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know the timeline. It's possible. Well, it can't I be mean, that far. Ahead Rose is a baby when he shows up and right now. So it can't be too long. Then again, when you're coming from such a broken relationship, maybe, you know, you meet somebody and it's like, hey, let's let's do it. Or, you know what? It could be like George Glass could just be a made up guy. Oh, now that's interesting. More conspiracies. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's like a carbon monoxide leak today that we were just both simultaneously going through. But it's interesting that his name is Sims. Makes me wonder if he's related to the Sims boys from Here Come the Bride. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I knew the name was familiar. I couldn't place it, but I knew it was in the universe of Mm -hmm. the sandbox of Little House in the Prairie. (laughs) Um, So immediately after... Reading the letter, we have grumpy old Laura coming in. Yeah. <sighs> Mrs. Olsen makes me so furious. She makes me drive all the way into town because she insists on having a meeting today. And then I get there and she tells me that it's scheduled for next week. Are you all right? Oh, um, yeah, it's, um, she's got a little bit of a headache. Hey, you, uh, mind if I borrow the buckboard to go into town and pick up some headache powders? Would you like me to go get some for you? No, 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 it's not that bad. I'll get them. I won't be long. You don't have headache powders in the house? <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? A little anison? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I, I buy a lot of 1939 World's Fair um, memorabilia. Not a lot. I, I <clears throat> buy some of it. And um, I just bought all of these matchbook, you know, collectible matchbook covers that were given at each of the um, centers that they oh. had. And one of them has Anison on it, so it just kind of stuck in my head. For some oh, that's fun. Yeah. They're they're old. <laughs> they're, they're really, um, they used to be out there, so, like, you used to be able to buy this stuff for, like, nothing. But the prices are kind of jumping up quite a bit right now. So. Hmm. So, but yeah, headache powder is still a thing too. More down south where maybe you are. Do you ever see like headache powders? No, I've never heard of such a thing. Really? Uh-uh. It's no, like I've the most had... sketchy looking thing. But yeah. you get them in like a little, um, what do you call that? Like glassine envelope. And oh. you, yeah, and it's like you just kind of take it, you know? <laughs> Everyone I know who's in the military swears by them because they don't, get crushed up or anything like that 
you, they easily mix with anything, and uh, supposedly they work a lot better than capsules or pills. Oh, I have to keep my eyes peeled. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I can try to get a brand name. I'm not really sure if, like, there is a brand name. Hmm. So we also learned something really important about the mercantile. <laughs> so he's banging on the door. He's, he's like, I need cough medicine. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to break in. Personally. Yeah, and I mean, not for nothing, they live there. You'd think they'd <laughs> at least come and see what's up. Exactly. Probably people do this all day long. They're like, oh, it's another idiot. Yeah, true. You can get your frying pan tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be open at five. All right. Oh, they're not open. What? They're closed at two on Saturdays. So now we know that they are closed at two on Saturdays. I know it only took us most of the way through season eight, but we we're hammering down those numbers. Business supposed to be um, halfway decent if they're closing at two o'clock on a Saturday. And I got to imagine they're not open on Sunday. Land sakes. <laughs> yeah, they can't be open on the Lord's Day. Exactly. So <clears throat> Isaiah was clearly going to fall off the wagon. He's uh he's hurting, you know. It's like he just got some. You probably got the news that he kind of expected, but it, it just it's not feeling good. Yeah. So he he sees the schoolhouse, but what he's really seeing is the church. And I don't know if you thought this, but I was like, oh, he's gonna break in and yes. drink all the wine. I and then I was thinking, do they have wine? Then I'm like, they probably don't. So I don't I know what. I looked it up and they don't have, Methodists apparently, according to Google again, don't ha- allow wine in their buildings at all. Hmm. Um, I didn't know they were Methodists. but um... I, Well, okay. So I did a fun little road trip where I went to go see Laura's, um, Laura and Almanzo lived in Florida for a yeah. short little time. You just did this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. And it was really fun. It was like. Uh, I went like 600 miles in one day and it was just like a fun little impromptu road trip. But the church that they went to is still standing, still operating. And that was a Methodist church. So I guess I just kind of assumed that this was a Methodist church. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine most, I I think um, in Catholicism, they have wine, right? It represents the blood of Christ. But um, I think for the most part, Christians don't have wine. Interesting. I know that Baptists don't. Um, hmm. I mean, even even if you had to have wine, I mean, you could just have grape juice. Yeah, and I was raised Catholic, so it, for me, it's just like, oh, there's a wine in that church. <laughs> so it was legitimately wine? That they were oh, giving? yeah, it was legitimately wine. And even if you're a child, you could go have a little sip. Hmm. That's yeah. crazy. All right. <laughs> so, nowadays, it's crazy, but I mean, you know, I guess it's fine. It's, a, it's like the tiniest little sip. I mean, nobody's getting hammered off of it or anything. Well, except for the priest. Well, <laughs> no, I doubt it, you know. No, yeah. MarketWalnutGroveCast.com. No so <laughs> I'm sure they don't drink. I'm sure they're perfect. Um, so <laughs> so we, we have um, kind of a long prayer. I think it's nice. I think I'm going to play the whole thing. This is a man who's really at his rock bottom. This is what we hear, you know. It's like, well, you got to hit your rock bottom. And I, I just, it's a really, really sad, I think that the entire show is written around this particular prayer. 
Yes, reverse engineered the whole episode off this like quote, ex- quote come to Jesus moment, you know. And we even say. get Debs Greer at the end to kind of add um, a history to his past. Yeah, to... he eavesdrops on this entire prayer, kind of rudely, if you ask me. But He's, he is the preacher. Yeah, but I mean, you could at least be like, <clears throat> I'm in the back of the room. Like <laughs> right. he didn't let him know he was there at all. You, you just, if you listen closely, you can hear him like eating peanuts. <laughs> 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 That'd be terrible. And snickering, you know, but uh, God, Lord, I know I don't have the right to ask for no favors. I also want to mention this. This episode came out in March first, nineteen eighty-two. So it's not really a religious time like what i mean i guess it's right before easter right yeah kind of not really though like nothing's going on in march yeah it's, I, it's, it's lent it's you know it depends on what branch exactly Day. that they are that well that's the big drinking one maybe that's why he realized you know i wonder you think i i don't think so i mean <laughs> <laughs> you never know yeah all right but i have to See, I hurt a lot of people with my drinking, and lost my wife and my friend. You see, there just ain't no way I can undo it. The Lord has taught me that I can get along all right without it. I want to. I want to more than anything in the world. I'm scared. I'm scared. What I'm asking you for is just a little of your help. Keep me strong. It's a fine prayer, Isaiah. Sorry, I had to hear it, Reverend. Isaiah, don't be afraid to ask God's help. That's why he's here. Shame to ask. Why would he want to help me? I asked myself that question once. I say over 30 years ago, I was exactly where you are now. I'd lost everything. Whiskey had you too. Now, he, he nods yes. And I, I don't remember this when I was a kid, you know, watching this. Um, I, I don't know why I always thought that Reverend Alden was just like this saintly figure but i yeah. i i like the fact that they they turned him into just you know a regular schmo who makes mistakes you know i think that that's yeah. a good thing 
He's so much more likable when right? he's just a regular person. The first episode that we meet him and he is so judgmental and fire and brimstone. It's like, ugh, who is this guy? It's very off-putting. But, you know, when he's talking about how lonely he is and the preacher takes a wife. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, you're like, oh, come here. Right, <laughs> exactly. The big blues, you know, it's, oh, we, we like him. It, yeah. You know, it's... um. It also kind of just shows that he he's really relating him, um, to Isaiah's moment. And, uh, and he's giving Isaiah hope. He's like, look, that was me 30 years ago, and I struggled with it, but there is a future for you. Right. God helped me. He gave me the strength. He made me work for it. But he held my hand. And I held his. Isaiah, take his hand. Want to. I truly want to. Take it. So they just look up, kind of like waiting for something to happen, but, you know, it doesn't. The, I, I think it's a nice scene. I really like these kind of, um, these, I guess, mature themes that I didn't catch when I was a kid. Interesting. I was probably like, oh, my God, this is a boring episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's a really powerful episode. It's a very sad episode, especially when um, even Charles is turning his back on you. you know, things have got to be pretty bad. Yeah, that was hurtful. But uh, speaking of Charles, we um, get ready for your uh, tearjerker moment. I wonder if I could talk to you for a minute. How you been doing? I'm, I'm... Rickets. <laughs> I've been doing good. Reverend Holland came over to my house tonight. He ate all my cake. <laughs> Begging for more food. You know, that, whether it's the tenets of Alcoholics Anonymous or Christianity, it is not cool that Reverend Alden is, like, spreading Isaiah's <laughs> business all over town, even if it is to his best friend. That was a very personal moment that the two of them had, and Reverend Alden had absolutely no right to tell Charles about it. Well, this is before Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, yeah, but I was thinking of it like, okay, maybe he's kind of like his sponsor, you know, just. Yeah, in my no, I agree with you. It, but, it definitely uh, seems like something um, that you really shouldn't just be going around telling everyone about um, without permission. Yeah, they especially in that a... line in, you know. Yeah. Like kind of like, uh, you know, I'm going to talk to Charles and it's like, I wish you would. Yeah, exactly. And then it would have been cool. But even, I mean, just as someone who's so trusted as your preacher, I mean, you wouldn't think that what you tell him, he'd go blabbing around town. Thanks a lot, preacher. Yeah. Here's the rest of the scene. I'd like to ask you to forgive me. 
And happy to live, yeah. So happy together now. Um, yeah. The old Dan Tucker theme song oh throughout my this God. is a bit much. Yeah, if you weren't sick of that song already, uh, you must hear it maybe seventeen times this episode. Oh, Holy yeah. moly! You hear it when you don't even expect it, like just now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so. I don't know. Something about it just makes me think. Shut up! Yeah, it it's doesn't... played out. It is. So here we are um, at a dirty old lake or a, <laughs> a dirty creek. Yeah. Um, no, but there, there, it's um, actually it's a little waterfall if, I, if I'm looking at it correctly. Hmm. And they're doing a baptism, I think. Yes. Right? Or christening. Uh, yeah. yeah, potato, potato. Is it the same thing? I mean, I'm not the expert on religion, okay. but I'm pretty sure. All right. You're going to sprinkle water on and say a prayer, I think. Exactly, and then the baby can go to heaven. Yay! In the faith of our Lord, it is. And I baptize thee, Rose Wilder, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. By the way, there's a lot of green grass in the shot. Interesting. And why is Doc Baker there? <laughs> in case um, somebody falls or something, he can kill them immediately. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> He has to, somebody has to supply the morphine. Yeah. <laughs> By the gift of God, through water and the Holy Ghost, we are reborn into everlasting life. In his goodness, may he continue to pour his blessings on his daughter. And may he send his peace on all who are gathered here today. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I would say that's probably the most religious the show's been in a very long time. Yeah, it definitely um, feels like early seasons with a lot of religion in this episode. Yeah, like it's like pretty heavy, that prayer that he just said and everything. It's kind of mm -hmm. like for somebody who's not of that faith, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Whenever I hear anything about Jesus Christ, it's like, you know, it's like kind of very inclusive. It's not, hmm. you know, not. Oh, it's I'm like if you're included. part of the club, you get that. Yeah. I don't know. Just, um, it's weird. It reminds me of the first season, you know, when they were a little bit more heavy handed with the religion. And I would mm -hmm. imagine, you know, these are the newer episodes. Maybe this is his uh, attempt to reintroduce these type of themes. You know, I, I I'm not really sure if the show had been considered a show that steered away from it at any given period. I mean, they did have a Jewish character on, for instance. Yeah, but. And, um, you know, the, the Christian girl who married him and converted, you know, that's. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the man who makes the coffin. But, oh, you know, no, Percival, no, no. of course, of course. Yeah, Percival. The other one. <laughs> right. I know. Exactly. And Benjamin. Yeah. I, I don't remember the name of um the uh, woodworker, but. um. Jesus? <laughs> but I would just like to say a few words before we all step inside to enjoy some wonderful food. 
As you all know, baptism is a washing away of sin. It's a forgiveness. And on this wonderful day, I think it's important that we examine ourselves to make sure we accept the cleansing of one's soul, no matter how and when it may occur. We should do as God does, forgive, and be ready to start life anew with more love and fresh understanding. And underwear. Would you like to hold your goddaughter? that song again. No voiceover, which I think is so weird. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) we don't have, like, Laura saying something like, and Mr. Edwards never took another drink again. If I had a remembrance (laughs) book. (laughs) (laughs) And Pa said... The blah, 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 blah. Ah. Uh, and we went back and drank lemonade without <laughs> alcohol. Oh, right. that would be good. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of, um, I just thought it was kind of a weird ending. Yeah, they fade out. I don't think I've ever seen that on the show. Yeah, they freeze frame and then do like a slow dissolve. It's like, mm, they were two or three seconds short on their airtime. <laughs> They're like, we have to stretch it. Possible. A couple of scenes here were kind of long. But yeah. a lot happens in this episode. This, I bet you they wanted to make this into another one of those, like, hour and a half special episodes. Yeah, it feels very, uh, on this special episode, too, there's so much heaviness. Like, even that first scene, cold open, we are getting deep into it. I bet you're right that they wanted to, wanted to make it a two-parter. Yeah, I mean, we never even saw Albert get his telescope. <laughs> We didn't see, um, there's so many things that kind of didn't happen. We never saw Isaiah really drinking much of Dr. Flagg's elixir. You know, we saw him take the first swig. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't really see, um, Albert get a cast, you know? No. Yeah. A and lot of stuff. Mr. Edwards is working like one scene. Yeah. Uh, he's plowing with. The horse with Almanzo, and so you know they could have stretched that montage out definitely. Yeah, but um, you know, thank you very much for getting together for this episode, as always. Um, this definitely a much more serious tone. Next time, I think we have to do something bananas and crazy and and more fun. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> something that's not so heavy. Jeez. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I know you well, choose them. Did you choose this one oh, or did I? I think you chose I this did. one. I did. I Jerk. did. I know. I'm bringing the drama. I want to cry. Come on. Now, this is a good one. I I thought this was very good. Definitely very interesting period of time when this came out in 1982. I think uh, you had like shows like, I want to say the A-Team and Knight Rider, but I think those came out in 84. But uh, I definitely, WizKids came out in 82 with Matthew Labrador. Oh, interesting. I don't know if it was the same exact period of time, but it looked like the same... Matthew Laberto. Yeah, same era of him, hair, and everything. And I'm going to even go out on a limb and say that Dean Butler was on the love boat at this period of time, which is why uh-huh. his hair might have been so kind of period correct for 1982. 
Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I have to I have to look that up. But um, okay. all right, well, Kim, thank you very much for getting together. Good luck with your bees and all thank of the adventures you. that you and your husband seem to be going on. Like, I just think it's crazy, not crazy in a bad way, crazy in a good way, the homesteading that you guys do. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on again. I just, this is like the highlight of my week. I always love doing these with you, but um, yeah, you know, we have a lot of fun out here. We got some plants growing. We got chickens. We have bees. We have like, we're just building such a fun little, little hobby farm for ourselves and we just really enjoy doing it. So, and thank you again for having me. Anytime. Talk Um, a little house. But yeah, seriously, we have to schedule more of these and one of the things I, I might have mentioned is that I'm converting part of my yard to um, a raised garden. Oh, and, no. Um, I, I kind of don't know what to do because it's just lawn right now. Mm-hmm. But um, so I got, I ordered a book. I forget the name of the book. It's like something about growing in square footage or something. Oh, okay. And so I'm going to go this route, but I probably have a bunch of questions I might throw your way because I, I need to figure a way to keep my dogs out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have little dogs. So yeah. I'm thinking chicken wire and stuff like that, but totally. also how do I keep out other animals? Oh, oh yeah. Squirrel. I mean, squirrels are the bane of my existence, but you just expect nature to take some of it back. So you're going <laughs> to lose some of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't expect to be, you know, feeding the whole household from it, but if I can make up one salad. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting one at Grubcast by heading over to patreon.com slash Any support is appreciated.